He was in the beginning before the foundations of the world ever began. He was in holy communion with the Father and Spirit. It is in this communion that we hear, let us make man in our likeness and in our image, so that they may mirror our image, but not just a mere image. They will be the crown of our creation, every tongue, tribe, and nation. But we fell. In Adam and Eve, when they decided that they would rebel, but our salvation was soon to be revealed. Fast forward. So the word became flesh and dwelled among us, the son of God, showing us what relationship should look like among us. Always focused on the father and mirroring what he was doing. The son and the father, the father and the son, they knew what they were proving. You see, he is the way, the truth, and the life. This is the proclamation of the son. He teaches us in his gentle ways. He transforms our heart with his truth. He gives us his eternal life. The church called and collected, yes, I and you. And if you're in the Son, you are no longer dead, but you have been resurrected. But if you hear my voice today and you're not in the Son, he's calling you, my child, come. You're expected. Thank you. I can't do that. Would somebody mind handing me my podium? I'd appreciate it. Listen, um, have you ever gone to a grocery store or um, like a bakery or, thank you, Dante, or, um, you know, some, your favorite spot where they bake bread, and you get there right as the bread is coming out of the oven, and that aroma just kind of hits you, smacks you across the face, calls you right to it. You ever, you ever been there? You know, I, I frequent cars. That's where I like to go. And, you know, they put out bread. They do it strategically. Four o'clock, five o'clock, and six o'clock. And you can't help but smell the aroma of the bread. And I tell you, it is so thick and so filling. It's like you can almost eat the air that's, that the bread is just saturating. You understand what I mean? Somebody say, yes. Did I make you guys hungry on Memorial Day weekend? Mm-hmm. Well, you got about 20 minutes, and you'll be able to leave and go home and eat some bread. Put that on a peg for a minute because we're going to come back to that. We're in a series that we've titled What We Believe. It is, it's taking a close look at the doctrine of our church, and we're in the fourth week of that series. So far, we've covered three areas. We covered what we believe about the Bible, what we believe about the totality of God, God in his nature and essence. And then two weeks ago, Corey Smittlecofer stepped up here and dished what we believe about the Father. And so today what I want to talk to you about is what we believe about the Son. What we believe about God the Son. So my question is, and I've been wrestling with this, since I knew I was going to be talking on God the Son, how do you talk about someone in 20 minutes who has always existed? He was before time began. He created time for us. How do you talk about someone who, who created time and existed before time even began? You know, we could talk about the Son of God, talk about who He is, 
talk about the names and the titles that are associated with him, but just one of the names, one of the titles, we could be stuck here all day just talking about one. Let me just give you a few. The Son of God, the Alpha, the Omega, the author, finisher of our faith, the lily of the valley, the bright morning star, the fairest of ten thousands, the wheel in the middle of a wheel, the lion of Judah, the rose of Sharon, the seed of Abraham, the root and offspring of David, the great high priest, the prince of peace, the beginning and the end, from everlasting to everlasting, the bread of life, the living word. Just a few of the titles and names associated with God the Son. I'm going to just cut right to the heart of the matter. I'm just going to get right down to the meat of the importance of God the Son, who He is and why He came. And so I think to do that, the best way is to start with where the Apostle John wrote about Jesus and who He is. So if you have your Bibles today, why don't you turn with me to 1 John chapter 1, the Gospel of John chapter 1. There's like four books in John. This one is the gospel right after Luke, okay? And uh, mine is on page 1283. I don't know where yours is at. John writes, are you there? For those of you that don't have your Bibles, shame on you. No, just kidding. How many got your Bibles or your iPhones with you? Let me see them. You never want to go anywhere without your sword. Here's what John writes. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from John who's, who sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word, everybody say the Word. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's what John says about Jesus, the Son of God, God the Son. 
Let me encapsulate that in a nutshell and tell you what we believe about the Son. We believe that Jesus Christ is both the eternal Son of God and the living, uh, living Son of God and born of a virgin, fully God and fully man. The eternal Son of God, born of a woman, born of a virgin, fully God and fully man. Yet he surrendered nothing of his deity. He operated in this earth realm in the fashion of a man. He's both creator and executor, executor of all things, and he came to execute the will of the Father. Here's what Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 19. He says, I do nothing of my own. He says, I only do what I see my Father doing. He was the executor of the will of the Father. He was tempted in every way, but yet he did not sin. He became sin, the Bible tells us, who knew no sin, that we might become in him the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. He lived a perfectly sinless life. And because he lived a perfectly sinless life, his death, burial, and resurrection after the crucifixion of the cross satisfied God's justice that was required for sin. He took on the sins of all of humanity for us. That was the mission of God the Son while he walked this earth, was to carry out and execute the will of the Father, the will of God. And here's the will of God, to reconcile mankind back into fellowship with him, to restore relationship back the way that it was always intended to be, the way that was lost when when man sinned in the garden, the way that was blocked when man sinned in the garden, the road to God being completely blocked as a result of sin. Jesus Christ, God the Son, came to earth in human form to clear the way and to once again open the gate, open the door, clear the road, open the access again to God the Father. This is what Jesus tells us in John chapter 14, verse 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, no one can even come to the Father except through me. Indicative in that statement are three theological truths that I want to rest this message on today. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, he starts off. I am the only way, he says. There is no other way to the Father but through me. I love his, how Charles Spurgeon said it. He said, never has a prayer ascended to God save through Jesus Christ. Never has a blessing come down to man save from the same divine mediator. There is now a highway, a, a way of holiness wherein the redeemed can walk to God and God can come to us. The king's highway, the way the prophets went, the road from banishment through Jesus Christ Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. 
Can't get there by Buddha. Can't get there by Muhammad. Can't get there by Hare Krishna or any other religion. Do not be fooled. When Jesus Christ says he is the way, the only way to relationship with the Father, he means exactly what he says, so don't be fooled. Jesus says, I am the truth, the truth. Jesus is the personification of truth. Without question, everything that he did was done in truth. The way that he lived was lived in the truth of God, in absolute truth to attest to who he was as God in the flesh. Absolute truth. I love what John says in John chapter 1, verse 17. He says, the law came through Moses, but truth and grace came through Jesus Christ. Jesus came to reveal to us the truth about the nature of God, who God is. John tells us in John chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus right, Jesus says this, he says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And he says this, he says, and you will know the truth. You will know me. I am the way. I am the truth. You will get to know me, and being in relationship with me will make you free. The truth will set you free. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, God the Son, is the personification of truth. Third, Jesus says, I am the life. John writes, remember in chapter 1, verse 4, he says, in him is life, and that light was the light of men. Jesus said it like this in, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 12. He says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And then he tells us in Matthew chapter 5, he says, and you are the light of the world. He says, I'm going to show the world who I am through you because greater works are you going to do. Because listen, I'm going away to the Father. I'm going to leave, but I'm going to empower you with my power. I'm going to give you my glory that was given to me before the world even began. And I'm going to shine the light of truth through you. You are going to be the light of the world, Jesus tells us. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man can even come to the Father except he comes through me. Jesus lived a life for us that he wanted us to model. Jesus lived a life of three relational dimensions. His relationship with his father, his relationship with those in his inner circle, and then his relationship to the world. And Jesus says, I left you that model so that you can follow me and do the things that I do, and even greater, he says. And now let me show you, Jesus says, how you're going to do that. 
Turn in your Bibles with me, if you will, to John chapter 17, where you're going to find Jesus praying the high priestly prayer over his disciples. John chapter 17, beginning at verse, I have verse 18 up there, so you just follow along. I'm going to start back at verse 16. No, I think I'm going to start at verse 15. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I do not ask, talking to his father, that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them in the truth. I am the truth. Your word is truth. I am the living word. Sanctify them in me and through me. That's what Jesus is saying. He says, and as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth, sanctified in me as I send them out into the world. And I do not ask for these only, but I also, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now watch this. Verse 22. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. That they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me. That they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me. And that you love them as you love me. Jesus is saying, listen, if you're going to follow me, I want you to follow the way that I live my life. He says, I, I gave you the way to the Father. And in that way, I want you to learn how to enjoy God fully together. He says, and then I've, I've, I've shown you the truth of who I am, the truth that transforms life. And then he said, now I'm going to empower you with my spirit. And I'm going to send you out as light into the world so that men may see your good works, glorify the Father that's in heaven, and come to eternal life through relationship with me. I'm sending you out to do that. That's what God requires of us. So, Let me give you some practical ways to do that this week. Because we are, the, we are the answer to a lost and dying world. Christ in us, the hope of glory, is the answer to a lost and dying world. He's the only answer. So how does it look practically? I think we just need to do what Jesus says, family. He says, be light. He says, you are the light of the world. You're a city that sits on a hill that cannot be hid. Let Jesus live through you so that you, empowered by his spirit, 
can be the light to someone else's path and show them the way to eternal life in Jesus Christ. This is living the truth. Live a life that's, that's full of truth. Don't be afraid. I know sometimes we are. But don't be afraid to, afraid to not only just live in truth, but to be able to speak the truth in love to someone who you know is in dire need to hear it. I don't know about you, but I encounter people all the time that are around friends that are like Job's friends, don't want to tell them the truth. Jesus says, if you're in me, you'll know the truth. You'll live the truth. You'll speak the truth. So this week, as God lays people on your heart that might be going through a crisis and just need to hear the truth, live the truth in front of them and speak the truth to them because it is the truth of Jesus Christ that will set them free. And then finally, be sensitive for opportunities that the Lord will give you to offer life in Christ to someone who does not know Jesus Christ. God is always speaking. He's always looking to give us opportunities where our light can shine in dark places. We just have to be sensitive to it. And here's the truth. Did you know that darkness can only exist in the absence of light? That there is no such thing as darkness. There's only the absence of light. Be light. Speak truth. Don't be afraid to offer life in Christ to someone you know who is outside of relationship with him. Those are very practical things that you can do to point people to Jesus. Ryan, you can bring your team up. You know, I started this, this message by talking to you about bread. And uh, my wife and I used to have a bread machine. It got broke when we, when we moved over to this side of town. We had this bread machine, and I remember coming home periodically from work, and my wife was baking bread. I'm telling you, man, you hit that door, and that, that bread just calls your name. You can just picture it with a, with a knife, with some, with some butter, have mercy. Uh-huh. That, that crust on the outside, you know, that, you know that, real, that real crispy crust on the outside, that warm center in the middle, and that aroma that just extends all the way through the house. You can just, you can just smell the bread. It just pulls you to it, draws you to it. Jesus says, I want you to hang out with me, and I want you to have my fragrance and my aroma on you just like I do. He says, I am the bread of life. Taste me. Consume me. Offer me to others so that they can taste and see that I am good as well. And when we do that, family, we will position ourselves to be the ambassadors of Jesus Christ who offers life in Christ to everyone within our sphere of influence. And that is what God 
is calling us to do. Why don't you stand with me? Every one of us have have a longing in our heart, and many of us have tried to fill it with things that cannot fully satisfy. Jesus Christ is the only person that can fill that God-shaped void. He's the only one that can permanently come into your life and offer you bread that you will never hunger again. As we close today, I'm going to ask you all to come down up front. Go ahead and start making your way up front. We're going to pray over you as a family today. And maybe you're here as you're making your way up front, and you're like, hey, you know what? I've never embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know what it looks like to come into relationship with him. My life in him right now is just kind of on cruise control. And I want more. I want that vibrancy. I want that power. I want that fragrance. I want that aroma that pastor's talking about. That when I walk into a room carrying the power of God, when I walk into a room knowing that I, I have tasted the bread and I have become the very essence of who Jesus is because I've surrendered my life to him, that people will see Jesus in me, they will smell his fragrance, they will smell his aroma on me and be drawn to him through me. Maybe you're on the fence and your life is cold. You want more of that. You can have it today. You can walk out of here today. Hey, babe. She was caught up in what I was saying. If you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you want to surrender your life to him today, now's a great opportunity to do that. I'd like every eye closed and every head bowed for just a moment. Maybe that's you. You don't have to walk out of here outside of relationship with Jesus Christ today. And if you'd like to enter into a relationship with him, I'd love for you to slip your hands up. I'd love to pray for you today. Let me ask it a different way. If you're a Christ follower and you've tasted the bread of life, the eternal bread of life, raise your hand right now. Let me see All right. Father, I thank you today for your word. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the sacrifice that you, you paid on Calvary's tree so that through you we can enjoy eternal life. You made the way for us. And it's because you've done that that we have relationship with you, relationship with the Father, relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
and a relationship that's based on your truth and your love with one another. Lord, I pray that what you'll do over these next few days is just give us opportunity to demonstrate that love to those around us. I pray even over the Memorial Weekend, Lord, that that you will, one, protect each person that's in here. Protect them, Lord, from accidents and injuries and illness. Protect them and bring them back to the family once again. Lord, I pray that you will open the door and give us many opportunities to be a light in a dark place, your light, the love of your light that shines in us and through us to the world around us, I pray. And then, Lord, I pray just as that bread, just as you are the bread of life that draws, I pray, Lord, that you will draw others to us and then show us how to lead them to you. Because at the end of the day, it's all about eternal life with you. And we are the ambassadors. We are your ambassadors to lead others into eternal life. So, Lord, thank you for our time together as a family. Thank you for this time together at the altar. And I pray, Lord, that you'll give us all a great rest of the week. In your name we pray. Amen. Hang on just a second. Very good. You know, we, there are some people that are in the hospital right now. I want to pray for them. I want to pray for the families that are traveling um, back and forth, whether they're traveling back to the States or just traveling uh, for vacation or whatever they're doing. And, uh, and pray for those who are, who are out there serving our country and giving their lives in the defense of our country, giving their lives by, by way of not being with their families, okay? I want to pray for them today. Will you just lift your hands as we... As we close, and Aaron Smitikofer is going to have a baby today, I think. Father, we thank you. We come together as one family today. We ask you for traveling mercy for those who are on the highways, headed to the campgrounds, campsites, going to get away to spend time with their families. I pray that you protect them and watch over them. Bring them back safely. Lord, we pray for those who are in the hospital right now. Lord, I heard that, that Herb Morgan um, had to be rushed to the hospital this morning. Lord, we pray for Herb right now, don't we, family? We hold him up to you. You are the chief physician. You alone can heal. We pray that you work through the hands of the doctors there to perfect healing in Herb's body in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, for, for Aaron. I'm not sure if she's had the baby yet, but, Lord, I pray that you will, if she's had the baby, that you'll give them great joy with the baby, Lord. And if she hasn't had it, Lord, that you will expedite that thing in your time and bring that baby to us. This brand new member of our family, we pray in the name of Jesus. And then, Lord, we pray for the servicemen and women who are deployed all across this nation and around the world who are, who are right now serving in the defense of our country. Will you protect them? Bring them home safely to their families without the loss of any. 
And we will give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. In the holy, mighty, matchless name of Jesus Christ and by his blood. And all those who agree with that prayer said, amen. Sit tight. We're going to sing one last.